This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, guys? Welcome to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I'm Joe. With me today, as an always, Doug and Eric are here. And we have a special guest today, guys. Yes, we do. We've got a return D- special guest. Uh, yeah. All right, you Best wanna, Why don't you announce yourself, special guest? Hey, I'm Alex Garaldi. And where are you from, Alex? That's it? <laughs> I'm Alex Garaldi. No fanfare, no fucking. Nuts. I know. I, I build this thing up, and Doug, mm-hmm. I'm like, and we have special guests, and Doug's like, "Yeah, go ahead and tell people who you are." No, <laughs> come on. I, I thought Alex, you know. So yeah, we've got Alex from Copper Sound Pedals, and I'm very excited because we had a great time uh, earlier in the podcast. It's been a little while, but uh, yeah. we did a, No Country for Old Men had a great time, and now Alex is back for tonight's. We've got movie, an actual so. pedal builder on the episode. That's true. <laughs> Two frauds and an actual pedal builder. <laughs> Oh, Two frauds so, and an actual pedal builder walking through a bar. <laughs> Eric's outnumbered this episode. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. But Alex, one of my favorite guests that we've had on the show, um, just the whole package, you know, No Country for Old Men was such a fun episode to do because I'd was. never seen it before. Such mm-hmm. an awesome movie. And uh, your input was, was super cool. We've had some guests on the show, you know, <sighs> <laughs> Let me stop there. Careful. But, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for coming back, man. No, no I appreciate we'll, it. I had, I think right after we had got off, Doug and I had probably got pizza together or something, and we were talking about we got to do another episode because it was like yeah. No Country was my top movie, so I was like it'd be cool. We were going back and forth about doing like one of my favorite comedies, and then Doug sent me the list. I feel like I got the screen pulled back a little bit and got to see behind the curtain of the list, and I'm like. Oh, man, I was looking at it, and I'm like, it felt too perfect because uh, the movie we're going to see was filmed in my state primarily. Yeah, I have a fear of water, so I actually don't go in open water. It's called thalassophobia. And I hadn't seen it until a couple years ago, even though it's been around since 75. So I was like, I feel like it's too perfect, Doug. We have to do this one. Oh, my God. I didn't know you lived in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing the one in SeaWorld, right? No. We're doing yes, the one in SeaWorld, right? Yeah, exactly. 3D. Yes. The good one. So the before, 3D one. Before we get there, <laughs> as we do every episode, we're going to talk about what's new with all of us. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to start just because my what's new has turned into a place for plugs, which is fine. We have a new sponsor for this episode. I'm very excited to announce that the Pinball Lounge um, has come on board, and they want me to talk about the event that they have going on this Saturday, February 26th. It is the Rush Pinball Release Celebration. When I say Rush, I mean do-do-do-do-do-do, fucking Rush, okay? <laughs> Today's Tom Sawyer, it's high on you. <laughs> this life is not for rent, motherfucker. Uh, doors at 2 p.m., tournament at 3 p.m., a show at 5 p.m., um, all you can play pinball in over 40 machines, including three Rush machines. We have the Stern Army Release Party Tournament. We have Rush Karaoke, which fucking... That Dude, I want to go to that. Wow. An amazing time. Eric, are you going to this? I wish that I could. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to. But if I, if I could, I would. Uh, you have Jeff Scott Classical Guitar Performance. And a Rush Hour tribute band, which Rush Hour is the best fucking name for a, a Rush tribute band. That is a great yeah. name for a Rush tribute band. So, yeah, check them out. Again, it's the Pinball Lounge. They're Central Florida's place for pinball. Uh, this is happening at uh, 376 East Broadway Street in Oviedo, Florida. That is 32765. Pinball Lounge.com. 
also uh, drinking a beer from Hourglass Brewing called Under the Rose. It is a release that is limited, came out today. By the time you hear this episode, probably not going to be able to buy it because it's really, really, really good. Um, and lastly, I would just like to thank again Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm for continuing to sponsor the show. Uh, if you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Doug, what is new with you, man? Uh, what's new? It's the same old what's new with me, but it's cool. Um, heading up to see my granddaughter tomorrow. Yes. So nice. We're very excited. It's been, it's been a quick minute since we saw her. It's before the holidays. So, and she's now eating solids and making faces and blowing bubbles and making noises and sitting up. And I Just think in a few years, you'll be doing that too. Yeah, <laughs> and she'll be around and take care of me. <laughs> how old is this motherfucker? Exactly. Um, well, we'll find out with tonight's movie how old this motherfucker is. Um, yeah, so that's the, that's the big news. I mean, otherwise, work's been really busy, which is cool. Uh, makes the day go fast, but you know, you only have so much of that. But yeah, see, seeing little Miss Holly tomorrow. So you're nice. So heartfelt and much better than mine. Joe, what's going, what's going on with you, man? Well, I, too, am drinking some Hourglass beer. Um, of course, I had to go buy it at Total Wine because Eric didn't send me any. So, uh, Goddamn. Bastard. But I want to support the sponsor because they're supporting us. I got some Irish Curse, which is a red ale, and it's uh, quite delicious. I also got their uh, double IPA, 2 million bees, and some hops. Two and that's in my bees. fridge. That'll be the next beer I open up. But, uh... As far as what's new, let's see. Did I do anything this week interesting? I think this week kind of sucked. <laughs> it's been like one of those <laughs> like Groundhog's Day weeks. Um, yeah, you right. Know, which it might have also been a Groundhog's Day week. Um, I've been getting into a uh, a meme battle with Tony DeGraw, uh, Patreon of the show. Uh, he's been posting memes to which I saved the meme and then instantly repost it to the same meme he just shared, and then he hits me with a bender, stop stealing my memes, I stole them first meme. Um, and then I stole that and then hit him back with that. <laughs> so it's been it's been kind of fun. Sure. That is that's, a, that's a good way to spend a Saturday. Thanks for level yeah. trolling. Oh, I am a troll. And you are a troll. But we love you. Yep. And uh, what is new with our special guest, man? What's happening in your world? Well, I guess I can't get any worse than the intro you guys gave me. Then I tripped up the stairs on the first step. So (laughs) maybe it'll be a little better with my what's new. Um, Actually, (laughs) I think today I saw it in an email, um, in email form, my article in Premier Guitar comes out for this month. Excellent. So they recently had me join uh, State of the Stomp, which is um, a monthly section of Premier Guitar. It's rotated between myself and and two other builders and my first issue is out this month which is really cool that's That's pretty awesome awesome. what is what is state of the stomp for anybody who's not in the know yeah so state of the stomp for premier guitar which is the guitar magazine and music industry for all of us nerds here um it's essentially the article is kind of what's going on in the world of stomp boxes and effects pedals and stuff like that it can be philosophical it can be theoretical it can be kind of very nerdy it can be speculation my first article was actually i guess somewhat topical it was on the supply chain shortages that had Ah. started hitting that i was writing a while ago and um just kind of some of my insights as an insider and also you know speculations and wonder where that's going to lead us yeah, it's been pretty bad, and I don't even have to get like anywhere near the quantities you got to get. So like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so it was just kind of like it was kind of a eight hundred words of my wondering, with a little bit of comedy in there, a little bit of um, pulling the curtain back, and just kind of spitballing on where we could see people go potentially in the industry with everything going on. That's nice. interesting. So, 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 that, so that was an exciting. Uh, what's new for me? Definitely. That's like that solidified my two frauds in a battle guide comment. <laughs> see, see the the reason I can't write for this is if it would have been me, it would have just been the meme I posted earlier this week, <laughs> which is Devi ever returns to pedal building, and then it was the Anthony Anderson meme, and it just said Josh Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
All right. Joe, make it, make it that's friends why wherever I, he goes. That's why I can't be entrusted with anything that actually matters. No. <laughs> They'd be like, hey, Joe's going to come on on a probation period with three <laughs> editors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, how fast can I get let go? Yeah, <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah. Um, so it's also like my old joke of why I couldn't be an EMT. I'd always be like, let's take our time and get there. There'd be way less work. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yep. Well, there were some EMTs needed in the film we're going to talk about today. Yeah. 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 Um, Apparently, this movie got Eric wet. Real. <laughs> what kind of segue was that, you <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> Just making a splash. Oh God! Ugh. Can we do the movie splash while Ugh. it's top of uh, mind? By the way, that yeah, would be good. Absolutely. Are, are, good are we really going to sink our teeth into puns this early? Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. But tonight we're going to need a bigger suspension of disbelief. <laughs> How dare you, Joe? How dare you? Anyway, uh-huh. we're talking about uh, 1975 classic Jaws. You like that, Joe? Jaws. <laughs> Jaws. 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 Steven Spielberg joint. Joe, hit that first clip for me, brother. It's only a few seconds long. I was singing it. Yeah, you're ruining it, though. John Williams did it better. Well, John Williams did awesome. Yeah. Jaws, 1975. Steven Spielberg. Music by John Williams based on the 1974 novel by Peter Benchley. Of all people. Of all people. This is the first big summer blockbuster. This is the fucking OG, big giant, must-see movie. Um, Doug was there. I was not. <laughs> I was. So we're going to talk about that because you know how fascinated I am with with your experiencing these movies in the theater. Like I, I so wish I had that. Um, but man, just listen to like how ominous is this fucking music? Just those two notes. Yes. Yeah. Was that E F sharp? God damn! And as I like to call this movie, the Amityville Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. So we're gonna get into Jaws proper. Um, before we start, I'll mention that this movie is chiefly about three people. There are other people in the film, of course, but we focus really, really heavily on the police chief. Uh, Played by Roy Scheider, named Martin Brody, a marine biologist named Hooper, played by Richard Dreyfus, and a shark hunter named Quint, played by Robert Shaw. These three so the guys. Not about a shark. No, not really. I mean, that's kind of the point of the movie. Like, it's about a shark, but it's not about a fucking shark, Joe. Right. I'm so lost. And why didn't they just call it Small Town? You know, Council of Three. They workshop that title but it mm. just didn't have why the do same. they call it the walking dead when it's not about the walking dead i mean you know well, i mean it kind of is because the fucking actors in that show are pretty much lifeless wow <laughs> Whoa. spoiler also, alert i'm gonna go go out on the hashtag not my brody i'm looking at you jason lee you're the man you're the only brody i care about okay <laughs> in case you couldn't tell there's already some animosity this is a peek behind the curtain folks before this episode started, Joe announced to me and Doug that he fucking maybe doesn't like this movie that much. And uh, I also announced it, announced it to our entire listening audience on our preview episode. That's true. You <laughs> did, didn't you? Yeah. And yeah. we berated you then, too, because it's and a I, fucking I, ridiculous I thing I to say. I told you, actually, the Jaws movie I did like was Jaws 3, the SeaWorld one. That's right. So you, you've cemented because yourself as a man Florida. with poor taste. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Okay. So just so you guys know where I'm going to be this episode, and and like last episode of uh, or not the last of the episode before last episode where I admitted it was a good movie, I just didn't like it. I don't know if I'm going to be on that same train this time. That's okay. fine. That's fair enough. We'll warn you up. It's your choice, man. Um, Andrew, before we dive into the movie, Andrew, Andrew. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I mention to you that I was drinking under the rose from Hourglass Brewing? Yeah, I think you might have mentioned that. <laughs> And also, I, did you mention that you just got done being subjected to uh, one of our other Patreons uh, podcasts? Oh, come um, on. Where you did record with Andrew? I did record with Andrew. Um, yeah, I, I had the pleasure of recording with RJ for an hour before this episode. And it was great. Um, 
you know, check out his podcast. It's uh, Talk Repeat something stream. One of you guys will eventually get this right. Stream, period. Talk, period. Period. Repeat, period. Yes, he was a it's wonderful It's a period host. piece. I just got the news from him that everything we did was completely unusable. So <laughs> oh, come That's on, awesome. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that better not happen next week. <laughs> so I, I apologize. But what, what is your um, relationship to this movie after having seen it so recently? Uh, you. Yeah, yes. so uh, I wasn't sure if I was Andrew or not. I was trying to pick <laughs> Come on, Andrew. Hello. You're playing the part of Andrew. He's got a much deeper our, voice. Our How close Canadian. are you to Canada? <laughs> yeah, so like I mentioned, I hadn't seen it. I don't think it was till 2019 I saw it. It was one of those ones that just like for some reason flew under the radar, under the sonar, if you will. And yeah. I just, I don't know why I didn't see it. I don't know if there was, I don't know if it was a premeditated like hesitance toward it or just one of those ones, you know, stuff doesn't line up. But I had watched it, because obviously, you know, sometimes movies like this, the pop culture will get at you no matter what. You almost can't get away from some of it, whether it's the lines, whether it's some of the camera work in this movie, whether it's some of the classic scenes. Um, I hadn't seen it all the way through, and I saw that it was on a streaming service, and I think I threw it on, and there was just, there was, there's so much to this movie, and again, I'm, I'm still, you know... I think for what they did in 1975, they achieved a phenomenal thing. Um, it was the first, and I might still be only filmed to ever be filmed on sea as well. And just going through the deep dive of this, uh, my girlfriend Becca and I both went through like watching the movie and also watching documentaries about it and stuff. And just like for the time frame, I was just like, man, this movie's really good. I think since I saw it in 2019, I had seen it three times probably before even doing this podcast i just had come back to it just because there was so much mystique about it and just and again like i said at the beginning of the top of the show uh, my aversion to open water and again being from somebody that's not too far from martha's vineyard hits a little yeah. bit home there and just i loved everything about it I, I i also am a person that really appreciates almost conceptual films like small cast type stuff where it's like it's essentially the last half of the movie is three guys on a boat yeah, you know, and and that type that type of vibe, like you know, if you would, your Ryan Reynolds and buried phone booth, things of that nature. Where it's very hard candy, very small cast stuff. I always find that they are able to expand and do a lot, even though they're in confined um, spaces physically. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they did a lot for what they had. Especially again, I I, I don't want to use it as a caveat, but again, it was 1975 when they did this, and I I think yeah. a I think a lot of it's still great, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, man, absolutely. You got some good insights there, especially with those comparisons. So we'll jump into the movie. We open on a on a beach at nighttime, and uh, we got some 70s teenagers just partying, man. Just having a bonfire, drinking some Miller High Life. And, can uh, confirm. Can confirm. <laughs> 70s teenagers can confirm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the hairstyles alone, man. It's fucking right? Yeah. I know. Now, uh... We get two teens in particular, you know, a young lady and a, and a young man. They're making eyes at each other, and uh, they run off, you know, away from the crowd. And we get, you know, some some flirtation and some skinny dipping happening here. So uh, she starts removing her clothes, and he's hammer drunk, man. Yeah. He's, I I'm feel not for drunk. this guy. I'm not drunk. He's box yeah. wind up. Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> How many boxes of wine is this guy having him? He's struggling. Yeah. I mean, you this beautiful girl running towards the beach, losing clothing. He wants to be there, but he just he can't be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I Possibly because this movie's rated PG. That's... Yeah, that, well, because there was no PG-13 then, so it was mm. either PG or R. That's and true. It didn't hit an yeah. R. I, I, when yeah. I was watching this through again recently for this episode, I, I made a point... Uh, I, out loud to my girlfriend, I was like, it's interesting, like, they have it filmed in such a way where the girl is skinny dipping, it's like, they're most likely trying really hard to like, oh, make sure we don't show anything, make sure we don't show anything, cool. Let's get the blood, guts, and gore here so that the shark can chew them apart. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, what, what no no nipples, that? though. What do we call that? America. America. <laughs> what do we call that? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. can't show sex, but murder? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No exactly. butt cheeks, but, you know, we got some intestines. You guys yeah. got some intestines? So she's uh, she's swimming, 
He's not. He's actually falling asleep. Right at the shore. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, and we get these beautiful underwater shots. They're very reminiscent of like creature um, from the Black Lagoon. Like just mm-hmm. wonderful camera work. She starts to get yanked under the water by an unseen force. Apparently, this shit was brutal to film. Um, there's some like behind the scenes stuff where they were yanking this poor girl with cables and. I want to yeah. say like she's got broken ribs as a result of I this. To, I watched like a trip. I don't think they warned her either about this like ahead of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no. hey, just so you know, we are gonna fucking almost kill you to get this shot. Yeah, yeah it was like um, it but, was cables, right? With I think a couple guys on each side of her. Yeah, right. Where they yeah. would like pull her back to emulate the thrashing style. They right, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah, she is getting rocked. That wasn't and, the yanking she was in store for originally. When <laughs> she no, brought she, the other dude over there, got naked. Exactly, she was she uh, she was an aquatic performer, and that's why she was hired for that role. Yeah, she an must have worked performer. in some. Wa- yeah, she probably worked in like SeaWorld or some water park or something. Mm-hmm. Doing that could have been Wiki Wachi where they have the real mermaids. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, so yeah, that's one of the reasons why she was hired. Yeah, the, the, there was I guess in my research there was three points that the actress would have to um, meet. One was like a beauty aspect. The other was toughness, as we just talked about, Eric, with like yeah. being pulled back and forth. And the third was willingness to get naked. Those are essentially the three bullet points that this actor had to yep. uh, essentially. This movie could never achieve. get made right now <laughs> if those are the requirements. Know, you can't right? even well, ask any of those things anymore. No, that's true. Hired. Well, eleven-year-old me appreciated that one point very much, <laughs> and I'm not talking about the toughness. No, no, not the toughness, not no. the beauty, just the nope. nudity. And, the nakedness. And, and they don't really show anything, you know, in the same way that no, you, you don't, don't really get to see the shark. You don't really get to see I was uh, When I was 11, I saw everything. Yeah. Eric, I saw it all. <laughs> Trust me. So mm-hmm. night moves to morning, and we get uh, to see into, into a small sort of New Englandy house, and it's the house of uh, Police Chief Brody. Now, he's a New York guy, okay? He's from the city. He's a cop. And this guy's whole deal with his family, with his son, with his wife, he's just looking for a slower life because that New York City beat cop stuff is is rough. He comes from a world of, you know, murders and drug dealers and all mm-hmm. kind of, you know, Manhattan in the 70s. Like, that was some rough shit. So now yeah. he's got this little house, you know, right on the ocean and... He's he's looking for a change of pace. Little does he know that he's in for uh, a fucking surprise. Yeah, that's different from the book, by the way. He's from the island in the book. Is he okay? He went, He was in New York, but I think I think if I remember correctly, but he retired there. And in the book, he is a lot more quick triggered and violent. <laughs> oh shit! Than he is in the movie. Like it's the opposite in the movie. This is if a book you, that I've never read, but I, yeah, I would be curious I read it a long that. time ago, and I looked up s- some stuff for, for tonight. But, um, and I also find it funny that it's, the movie's pushed as an island off of Long Island, mm-hmm. yet they have New England accents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, I understand that when, when we say off Long Island, it's like where Block Island is, which is like basically underneath Connecticut and Rhode Island. Yeah. Is that like the Montauk area? East end of Long Island. Yeah. Off Montauk. So it's past Montauk and, and Green, Greenport, but, you know, they even made a joke in the scene you just referenced about the New England, you know, the New England accent. And, mm-hmm. Pack the but it's touted yeah, as, yeah. you know, it's touted as Long Island. You can so. even Would that actually be an ocean then if it was between Connecticut and Long Island? <laughs> or is well, that no, like no, a no. weird bay I, thing? No, no, no. It was, it's off Long Island underneath Connecticut in Rhode Island, it's not. It's not in the Long Island Sound. The body of okay. water between Connecticut and Long Island is called the Long Island Sound. It's past that, so it's out in the open ocean. Okay, I, I don't really know my yeah. geography of that part of the world. No, no I get it. I of mean, Long Island's land? a big fish. Long Island's shaped like a fish. Of accent land, holy shit! Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so Brody goes out to the beach because they get a call from the kid who fell asleep while he was, you know, missing out on the fun the night before, and. uh Lo and behold, they find this poor girl's body washed up on the shore. Um, kind of brutal, man. Like, you see her, her hands sticking up out of the sand, and there's crabs yeah. crawling all over her, her corpse. Um, so yeah. this is a little taste of what you're in for for this movie. I also got a trivia. Yeah. 
That Ooh. was an actual uh, actor that or cast member they buried in the sand with the hand sticking up because Steven Spielberg didn't like the prosthetic that he used. Yeah, it looked too fake. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yep. There's Steven yep. for you. Fucking. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Um. It's a it's a grotesque scene. I will say that. Um. But you get the sense that like Brody's sort of used to this kind of shit. Again, he's mm-hmm. a New York City cop. The other cop is is very close to vomiting in, <laughs> into the sand. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even I think a lot of the times he's like turned away from the body. Just yeah. kind of like he's yeah. got he's got that Dr. Evil mm, about to vom pose. <laughs> like that pose in the chair where he's like, oh, it's looking at the floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. And yeah, and, and Brody is like a pragmatic guy. Like, you know, he's given information in this movie. Like, looks like a shark attack. He types shark attack, cause mm-hmm. of death. There's a shark attack at the beach. Close the fucking beach. You know, mm-hmm. it's, right. it's pretty common sense. He doesn't understand mm-hmm. all of the nuance and politics of mm-hmm. this small yeah. town yet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this movie sort of deals with that, like, good old boyism of like whoa 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 slow the fuck down we'll get there but you know yeah has yeah, a lot to say called about the part of the movie that i fucking hate because it's just stupid it's well, just that's a stupid. strong statement joe it's just stupid it's just yeah, I, I mean everyone's dying from sharks so let's throw a fucking go in the water festival <laughs> like, fucking stupid <laughs> That happens all the fucking time. It happens today. It happened 100 years ago. It happened in 1975. That's, that's, like, that's real. That's like real yeah, stuff. Remember that, Come thing, on. remember that thing called COVID-19 and the, exactly. the state that we both live in? <laughs> exactly. Yes, but we can see the shark. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, Joe, if you would like to play this next clip for me, this is kind of your introduction to Police Chief Brody. And, uh, you know, his... his his ideas on how to deal with this fucking problem that he's just fallen into. Take this stuff back to the office and get to work on those signs. Right. Beaches closed. No swimming. I order the Amity PD. And let Polly do the printing. What's the matter with my thing? Let Polly do the printing. Hey, Chief. Chief Brody. I know, but I just let the result. Mike Foster, please. I couldn't you know, believe it. Yeah, yeah. What do you got there? Listen, we had a shark attack at South Beach this morning, man. Fatal. I got a batten down the beach. Right? That common mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Like we Listen, we had down. a shark attack in South Beach this morning. Man, I got a batten down the beach. Yeah, the, the, uh, that's one thing about this this flick is that we, we've got quite a few over actors. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Another thing, another another knock on the thing. You know. uh, yeah, I, yeah, right. I, I, you know what? I, you know what would have made this better? Having Paulie Shore in that deputy <laughs> role because that just would have made it fucking great. Right, what do Joe? you call a New England beach? Yeah, what a shore. <laughs> Okay, uh. there you go. Right, so it he would have made it better. all better. Him and the, him and the bad Baldwin would have made it all better. <laughs> hey, I'd watch it. <laughs> uh, so I've got a, I've got a, something to point out right before Brody gets like all the stuff and gets back into the um, into the uh, jeep for like painting the signs and everything. So right before that, you'll see him actually go into the hardware store and he's going to grab right the paint and all the stuff to make um, the signs. So I I really watching this movie through I'm trying to like pick up on little things like if I I'm like when I was watching I'm like okay I might not have fun facts about every part because there are a lot of well-known ones there are a lot of easter eggs and stuff but I want to try to pick out stuff that stood out and I rewinded this and paused several times and the notes here I made was that when Brody's grabbing paint in the hardware store he grabs red and black Right there's also a full vase of brushes that he knocks over, and it's predominantly red and black as well. And my thought is perhaps these colors were used intentionally, and I'll talk more about it after. Because I see, kind of the way I'm putting it together, red symbolizes obviously the blood, and the black is symbolizing kind of the dark and unknown, which I took as the deep waters. And that's the first time I noticed this color scheme. And it's going to play throughout most of this movie as well. So last time I talked about boots, this time I'm going to talk about the colors red and black. <laughs> I love so, that, man. Well, I mean, while I love that, Spielberg, I think you, know. you put way more thought into this than they had. They did. They made it. Yeah, it, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back enough times that it's hard to feel like it's coincidence, especially for the next part I'm going to have, but I'm going to let you get back to it, Eric. I'm just Absolutely. wondering if you had a bunch of paint left over from making the spicy pluses and raiders. 
Yes. <laughs> wow. This was before Raiders. This was before Raiders, but we'll, we'll let that go. Um, so, Joe, if you want to hit this next clip for me, this is the mayor's measured response to Brody. Martin, you, you going to shut down the beaches on your own authority? Well, what other authority do I need? Well, technically, you need a civic ordinance or a resolution by a board of select. That's just going by the book. We're really a little anxious that you're, uh, you're rushing into something serious here. It's your first summer, you know. What does that mean? I'm only trying to say that Amity is a summer town. We need summer dollars. If the people can't swim here, they'll be glad to swim at the beaches of Cape Cod, the Hamptons, Long Island. That doesn't mean we have to serve them up a smorgasbord. We never had that kind of trouble in these waters. Well, what else could have done that to that girl? Boat the belly? Well, I think uh, possibly, uh, yes, a boating That's accident. That's not what you told me over the phone. I was wrong. We'll have to amend our reports. And you'll stand by I'll that? I'll stand by you. So here we have fucking Rick DeSantis chasing after yes. Sheriff Brody yeah. to exactly. tell him, hey, you better calm the fuck down with this closing down the beaches right. bullshit because you know, that, yeah. that's not going to fly. Hurricane Hurricane. <laughs> right. He stands down, stares down the medical examiner who just will change his report. Yeah, so absolutely. Another change from the book, in the obviously because the book can go more in depth and, and build the backstories. The story behind Mayor Vaughn's reluctance to close the beaches is that he was in deep with the mob. Mm. Oh, so no. he had a he had to pay money, mm-hmm. right? He had to come up with money for whatever he was in. I don't. I didn't. Again, I don't remember the specifics, but he had a, he had payments to make to the mob, mm-hmm. so he could not afford, literally, could not afford to have the beaches closed, because mm. then he would lose his skim off the top. That's crazy. But, but even removing that from the story. I mean, that, that is some microcosm of small town politics. I mean, that shit goes on in my town all the time. <laughs> I, I would yeah. have liked that because then I would have had some context as to why this guy is so hard to fucking keep the stupid beach open. Context. Invalid. Biodome. <laughs> Biodome had quite... See, you keep pulling this shit, but Biodome told a fucking story. And the story, maybe it wasn't good, maybe it wasn't well acted, but it was a fucking story that made sense. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Dr. Seuss also had a pen. So I have four. <laughs> I have four notes about this. Redfish, bluefish, <laughs> Jaws is uh, stupid. <laughs> I got four notes about this fairy scene. So the first one is when we first see the mayor. You'll notice his necktie is red and black. All right. Now, again, maybe the red and black necktie wasn't thought of, but I will say that um, there was in wardrobe. They made the conscious effort. They wanted to dress the sh- uh, the mayor to look like a shark like a business suit like a sh- essentially a shark in a business suit you'll see obviously mm-hmm. he's got a lot of nautical themes but again they're on Martha's Vineyard and as we saw his only prerogative is to keep the beach open for revenue and again to Doug's point it makes sense but also when it comes to politics and money it almost is moot about why it is it just ends up right. always being it that just way is. It's, it's just instinctual for them yeah it's so so you'll notice his tie is red and black the car is red and black as well. The plates are Massachusetts, which is a nice little thing they try to not show you, but they do. And the last thing is um, the other men in the suits on the ferry while he's talking to them, everyone, their ties are either red, black, or both. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, again, it was one of those ones where maybe I was subconsciously doing the thing of like trying to find the thing I already believe. But I was. Mm-hmm. I, I, there were times where it wasn't that way, but you saw it a lot where they were consistently wearing these colors and the last note i have is almost the whole fairy scene is a tracking shot which is really cool that is really yeah, cool that is. and that's that something is. i didn't notice until this last rewatch as a big um, fan of uh emanuelo um lubezki who did like gravity Birdman, revenant yeah. i really like tracking shots and this has some cool stuff here too yep 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 and it's a good point about the ma- even if the wardrobe wasn't intentional just the characterization of this guy, like his whole journey in this movie is basically the story of Florida in the past two years, where it's like, all of our money comes from tourists, so we need to do everything we can to keep this place open, and how much death will I allow before mm-hmm. I'm coaxed to mm-hmm. letting the sheriff do what he needs to do? So this um, this leaves you at a conundrum, because now you either have to admit that the story of Florida is good, or this movie is bad. No, the, Flo- the story of Florida is very compelling. It, it seems like it should be fiction, but it is in fact. 
nonfiction. Right. Now, um, this bees beer is fucking 8.2%. That'll, bl- <laughs> that'll blow your titties off, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we then, we cut from that sequence. We eventually get to the beach where everybody's just, you know, laying out and doing the beach thing. And Brody's there with his family, but he's uneasy because he just had the shark attack. He's the only dude with his T-shirt still on. He, he just feels so out of place. Visually, he's uncomfortable. He's constantly, like, surveying, you know, the, the shoreline. And this is where this movie gets scary for me now in a way that it didn't when I was younger. Because now I'm a dad. And this guy has a kid, and he's watching his kid, and he's watching other kids. And that anxiety of being in a public place or being in a beach with your kids and not having eyes on them for a second and kind of being like, oh, wait a second, you know, where the fuck did Ben go? Where's Ben? Do you see Ben? Yeah. Like, that sort of plays into that fear of having kids and very much that pet cemetery thing of, of like the little boy running out into the road. Like, that hits in a way, way different way than it used to. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely. Which is something, you know, I noticed when rewatching this movie. So, um, we get shots of, of what feel like minor characters, you know, a mother and a son had a kid in some red swim trunks going out into the ocean. And what color were the trunks? <laughs> See? See? Yeah. There you go. Blood red swim trunks. And ca- this sequence is brutal, man. Absolutely yeah. brutal. Are sharks colorblind? <laughs> I don't, don't know. know. I mean, don't may- I don't know. I wonder if like they're like bulls where they see red and like attack. Uh, Mythbusters no, actually them, did that. It's the smelling with the blood. They smell blood. Yeah. So, oh, and real quick with one of the little scenes on the beach when the old guy walks up to him and starts busting his chops about not going in the water. Mm-hmm. And he and he he drops the that's a bad hat. Harry. That's some bad hat, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> that's Brian, that's 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 where Brian Singer got his production company's name from. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was from okay. Jaws. Mm-hmm. His 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 production company is called Bad Hat Harry. Yeah. So, so according to National Geographic, sharks are colorblind. Interesting. Uh-huh. I would think that a lot of sea creatures would be colorblind because when you're yeah. underwater, the colors kind of disappear and there's no need for it. So evolution, you know. That's true. Their their yeah. eyes are also pretty cool too, with like just. In general, what they can do with them, and they're in salt water, oftentimes too. You know, right? So, yeah, although yeah. they are attracted to high contrasted colors because they stand out. Mm. That makes sense. That would also mm-hmm. makes sense for a colorblind mm-hmm. like creature or mm-hmm. being. That, that's why a lot of times, like uh, you'll see people use red and blue because on the wavelength they're so far apart. Yeah. Right. You exactly. And so, Doug, to go back on your thing, to circle back to it, like this, the kid in the red shorts. It's a pretty brutal scene, and they originally had a blood machine for this that was hidden under the yellow float from what I was uh, reading and watched a documentary on, and the the machine kept spraying blood in the kid's face, and it made the kid nervous, and he wouldn't go completely under, so to get the final scene, they ended up having a person physically pull the kid underwater to get the shot, and... <laughs> Something else that wouldn't happen today. <laughs> right. And, and the um, the actor that plays the mom said that she felt physically sick watching the scene when they were filming it, even though I mean, what, even though it oh, wasn't I, her kid. Yeah, yeah I, mean, she, I get it. She Dude, said that scene, that's all practical effects, and there is blood geysering out of the ocean, and it's mm-hmm. fucking terrible. And you see the kid, like, flailing under the water, yeah. and then just it's gone. And, you know, right. in addition to it, too, to, like, she had that feeling, even though it wasn't her own offspring, and they also, for the time, like, I don't know if other movies had done this, but they have this great, these great shots where it's, the camera is bobbing above and below water, and I believe yeah. I read that you said they intentionally did that to make you feel almost like you're drowning. Yeah. And oh, they, it worked. And they do that type <laughs> of thing. It gives this unsettling feeling, like, just bobbing above and below, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, man. No, that definitely worked. I mean, I, again, I remember being in the theater... And just having the shit scared out of me when that scene took place. I mean, even at forty-five, you must have been scared, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired! Holy shit, man! How old is this motherfucker? I, I got one. I got one in. You good? That's a good one. I like that one. You're a really funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this this little boy goes out into the ocean on a, a yellow raft. And you get those cool underwater shots. He gets attacked by the shark. 
and it is bloody and it is horrifying and people are running back to the shore and i think the most horrifying thing about this scene well, of course we get brody's reaction and that really really cinematically famous shot mm-hmm. where you're zooming yes. and panning at the same time and it's disorienting and oh yeah dolly I mean, zoom the dolly zoom like mm-hmm. fucking recreated yeah. a thousand times after jaws but jaws was right the mm-hmm. og it made mm-hmm. you feel like oh my god the panic you know all of the anxiety i had this is the moment where it's just hitting him in the chest like jesus christ yeah um spielberg man this guy knows a thing or two about making movies just sure. a little bit yeah and this was young spielberg too yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know he was 26 when he filmed this movie oh yeah. god that like, hurts. like holy shit i was i was watching an interview and it, i think he said he did some episodes of columbo and stuff like that when he was 20 i could barely talk when i was 20 what the <laughs> hell is right. he doing can't like, talk I had now a, man i can barely talk now this guy's at 26 <laughs> only person to ever yeah. film on the ocean first blockbuster ever and yeah. at, at that point in, what's that joe no, I had the wake-up call when they hired the Dolphins' new head coach, who's a year younger than me. <laughs> right? There you go. Don't you hate I was like, shit like that? God, I'm like, fucking old. I know. But it, you it think about with, it with, with Spielberg, right? He's 26 when he did this. He's already best pals and hanging out with, with Lucas oh, yeah. and Milius and, and like Coppola and that whole freaking crew. They're like best buds, mm-hmm. you know, coming up together, doing this stuff that they're doing. So Lucas was on the set for this movie, too. Yeah, he was. He fucked things up. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> just proves more. Was more that foreshadowing? Because he's a dick. <laughs> I just want to see what you guys have going on here. <laughs> so, what's this uh, jumping the shark you're talking about here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Eric, to go I back, can do that in space. <laughs> <laughs> to go back, Eric, to your um, bring up of the classic Dolly scene too. Though, when I was watching this to try to grab some audio clips to give Doug and you guys. I was thinking there's so many great things in this movie that don't work as an audio clip. It's just some great yeah. camera no, exactly. work and some yep. like that's one of the best parts of this movie is that dolly zoom scene over Brody. And it's like you can't put that in an audio format podcast. Nope. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, just, yeah. it's just that, so that, that good. That's kind of what I was saying before we started here cuz Eric only has 10 drops in this one and the longest one's like a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. It was like this isn't really like a dialogue heavy movie. No, it, yeah. no. There are there are there are chunks of dialogue that mm-hmm. define the movie. But mm-hmm. you're right, Joe. It's it's yeah. Yeah. It's a visual masterpiece, and you know because it has to be when we're dealing with a shark. Mm-hmm. So it's also good that it spends around so long that most people probably have at least some semblance of this movie too. So it's not like a fresh movie where yes. we can't so do any audio yeah. clips. But yeah, exactly. I just thought it was interesting. It's so the visual is so great. Definitely, I so, do miss this ride though at Universal Studios. This oh, was a good ride. ride so yeah, it good. was a fun one. So that was a fun one. Good. Yeah. So we get this horrifying scene, and we immediately, you know, after the, this is the hardest part of the scene for me to watch. Again, as a parent, the mother looking around the crowd to see her kid yeah. in the <sighs> sea of other scared kids yep. and not finding him. And just, uh, dude, man, like, yeah. her performance in this movie, she comes up again later, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but for years after this movie came out, people would come up to her and ask her to <laughs> reenact a certain scene from this film. It was so memorable. Like her performance yeah. as, as a mother was fucking great. Oh, I got a cool story about her. Um, years later, I don't know how long after you met her in was, an airport and she wasn't. I, met, I hit it. You know, <laughs> that too. That one. That one worked though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's why I don't that talk kid, about that one. That was that kid I usually was yours. don't. I usually don't talk about the actual conquest. So that was a conquest. <laughs> you stop paying child support after the exactly. shark kid. The kid. No wonder you she, like this movie. She was somewhere, and I don't know where, but she she went to a restaurant, and it was it was a seaside town wherever she was. She went to a restaurant. She got a menu, and in the menu was a sandwich called the Alex Kittner sandwich, and that's oh. the kid's name, right? Hmm. So uh. she actually she told she she told the server that she loved she said you know that was me i was his mom in jaws and and i think this is a really cool idea you know tell the chef great idea so he goes in the back and flying out from the back is the kid he's the chef now he owns the restaurant oh that's cool (laughs) so they they hadn't seen each other in like a decade that's and fun, and he man. that's why he had the name you know the sandwich with his name on it with the character's <laughs> name on it so they had a big reunion and it was fun so. oh that's fun man yep so immediately there's a three thousand dollar bounty 
to the man or men who catch and kill the shark that killed this young sandwich named boy. Um, Since we know which shark it is, and there's not multiple sharks in the ocean. Right. Well, this is uh, this is the logic they use in the movie. Now, I'm not a marine biologist, so I don't know if this is bullshit or not. But apparently a shark can lock onto an area and decide that that's a food source. And they will hound that area until there's no yes. longer food. But that's there can't be do. any other sharks in that area? But that's a point, a specific point brought up in the movie, Joe. They cover We're going to need a bigger movie. suspension of disbelief. They, they, cover, they, they cover that in the movie. Hooper Just because well, you say something Hooper doesn't make it true. That. Okay. <laughs> Joe wow. didn't watch this movie. What are you talking about? I know, right? Just because just you say something loudly doesn't make it true. Okay. Well, but I feel like whether it's pseudoscience or not, I mean, it's a fictional story, obviously, but they definitely cover, like, why things are happening the way they are. Um, again, I can't speak to the validity of it. I don't, you know, my expertise is not in sea life, but they right. do go over why it's a shark. And, and remember, I, I live on the south coast of Massachusetts. I've met these people, and they are that fucking dumb. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> these, these townies ain't bright. Right? So, now that is the most believable part of this entire movie. There you go. So that absolutely makes sense to me as a snobby ex-New Yorker. Okay? I, I was going to ask you if you related to the character Brody because he's is a New Yorker. He's a New Yorker that's in dumped in the middle. He's ex, basically exiled to... Hell. I mean, yeah, that's, you know. See, your opinion's biased on this movie, then. Why? Because you relate to the main character so much. Uh, right. That's the only reason I liked it. He, he, Joe caught me. The, um, the listeners have never heard Joe with a bias, either. No, no never. <laughs> also, this movie has a severe lack of banyan trees. So. Well, yeah, that's because that, they don't grow in the ocean. So, yeah. so, But I understand. That would have been cool if they put them in. Just if no, if no they would have put one banyan tree in this movie, I would have been tree. fucking good. I'd have been like, okay, it's a great movie. Were there any banyans in Jaws 3D, who, Joe? Because that was in yeah, Florida. Yeah, I'm sure there was. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> like the guy who reviews the MCU based on if the movie had a train in it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that tickled my funny bone. I like that. That was pretty good. Uh, I, while you guys were chatting, I put the reward of 3K in the inflation calculator. It said 15K. There you go. God damn, that was a lot of And that was money. Alex's mom's money. Mm -hmm. She put that up. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yep. That was, she put that up as a reward for the shark that killed her son. She's got oh, a water. Yeah. She could eat at the fancy seaside restaurant. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Hell yeah. She got skills, slapping, and salary. <laughs> So next, yes. we, we get to see a, uh, a town meeting. And you want to talk townies, man. Like, this feels authentic yeah, as hell. This is my town, minus <laughs> the shark. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm um, sure the shark's there. Yeah, there's, probably. There's a lady in this scene who, every time someone makes a comment, she's just like, that's not funny. That's not funny. I know. Yeah. I don't find that funny yeah. at all. Fantastic, man. Um this is also where we meet uh, a very important character to the film. And, uh, Joe, if you want to hit this next clip for me, we get to meet Mr. Quint. Ten thousand dollars for me by myself. 
For that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. Spoken like a true hooker. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Quinn is a fucking opportunist if I've ever seen one, man. Hell yeah. Like he yeah. knows he's got this down by the balls. You can see his face in this scene. This he's is like the one person in this movie I like. He's based on a real person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did yes. you guys did Did you guys notice the drawing on the chalkboard? Yes. Oh yeah, ma'am. the shark on the chalk. Yeah. It's a shark with a yeah. ma- with a guy in its mouth. Right. And he <laughs> he he even says the words. It'll swallow you whole. Mm-hmm. Which so. I didn't pick up on the first couple times, but again, it was I was really looking for yeah. the details this time through and. I thought it was yep. a very upfront foreshadow that was well done too, because you're mostly engaged in him scraping it and just how the whole room pans and opens up for him. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, he's a very engaging yeah. character when, like, no matter when he's on screen. And and the guy's based on Frank Mundus was that big, larger than life, like for real. You know, he was an abrasive, obnoxious, you know, prick. And He's a fucking real man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, man. And uh, He's got that yeah, BDE. He has the, do that serious BDE. <laughs> he has the record. He has a record, or, or at least he did for the longest time, of the largest shark caught with a rod and reel at like over three thousand pounds of great weight, over three thousand pounds. And he brought in with, uh, um, yeah, you know, himself and one other guy. He so. is quite the hooker. And there's a lot of bad shit about him too, but we don't go into that now. <laughs> he was. He was you even know, this that, character, you get the impression, yeah. like, oh, this is not a good dude, but, you no, know, definitely. He, does, he does one thing and he does it very well, you know? Well, the the real guy, to put it, to just to sum it all up, I mean, in 1975, we didn't really give a shit about animal rights, but even he did shit to the fish and to the dolphins and to the whales and the sharks that people called him out on in 1970s. So God damn. This, that just sets the BD level of how big a dick he was. He was fucking yeah. those dolphins then because in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, in the blowhole. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. We, we have to, after we meet Quint, we cut back to um, Brody's house. And Brody's got, like, he's a cop, but he's got a bomb-ass waterfront property. Like I will right. say this, like yeah, I don't know how much he paid for that little house, but it, well, you it, know, the New York dollars used to make go a long way up there. Yeah, right. yeah, he's got that city money, man, coming to this podunk town. <laughs> but dude, it is it is gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. Martha's Vineyard. I've never been. I don't get that Martha's Vineyard scratch, but mm, you know. it's a nice place. Trust me, <laughs> it's yeah. a nice place. Um. So. At this point in the movie, there's this three thousand dollar reward. That's a lot of money in 1975. Hell yeah! So all the townies are are just chomping at the bit to catch this fucking shark. And uh, in one of the most comical, you know, levity filled scenes in this movie, we get these two knuckleheads who take one of their wives' holiday roast or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're they put it on a big hook and a chain and they you know chain it to the dock and they're like yeah we're gonna get this fucking fish <laughs> and we better because my wife is pissed that yeah. they took this ham or whatever the hell it is <laughs> um while this is going on brody is falling into a rabbit hole of learning about sharks it's as if this man had no idea that sharks existed i know right before this yeah, uh, yeah exactly this event well happened. that's that's your average new yorker please <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's, that's true not yeah. wrong yeah. It's not wrong. There's no sharks in, in Manhattan, except in Sharknado. Well, I was going to say, Wall Street's full of sharks. Uh, that's true. Okay, yeah, that's true. And the mayor's dressed like one. And yeah. the mayor yeah. is dressed like one, 100%. <laughs> so I, he, what was the cartoon they used to have? Like the like It was a shark that wore like a business suit and went around. Back sure, in yeah. wore a business suit. The no, there was. It was Jabber? A, Jabber? Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw. Oh, Jabberjaw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hanna Barbera. Talk like this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> fantastic fucking Jabberjaw. My God. Yeah, yeah. This is important. Why? Thank you. <laughs> it's a portion of the episode where we just do cartoon voices. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, Jabberjaw. That's a deep cut, yeah. man. Um, oh, he was a drummer in a band. He was a drummer for the right. Neptunes. Yes. Oh my yes. God. That's what it was. That was with, a seven Biff, ass Shelley, cartoon. Bubbles, and Clamhead. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 
well, right, well, I got some bad jokes, but I'm leaving them alone. <laughs> About clam head, I hope. About clam, <laughs> just whatever, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, sure enough, the shark does come for the roast, but he also comes for the duck because he pulls that shit off the, off the shore. Yeah. And uh, this is a powerful beast. We're, we're seeing the full potential of Jaws for the first time. He is a uh, superhero level shark. He's doing stuff that normal sharks just cannot do. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of tension in this sequence. The guy falls in the water. You don't know if he's going to make it out. He eventually does. And they're just standing in awe of the destruction of this fish. So, um, pretty cool sequence. Again, just you getting a taste of what the villain proper this movie can do. I'm like, oh shit. Like, he just. I mean, I don't. Again, physics. I don't know, but it it just looks impressive. I I feel like in this scene that it's also kind of showing the first step of you know the potential that could happen. It's they're on a dock, which is like right next to the shore, and only a few feet away from it, this could happen to them. Yeah, they're they're barely out on the water. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of potential there. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And it's it's scary as hell when you think they, they throw fix, facts at you in this movie about you know shark attacks being most common in like shallow water and all that kind of stuff and that's where the people uh, are. Yeah, I will say this movie as as much as I love it did a lot of damage to uh, to sharks. Like sharks got fucked over yeah. by this movie. <laughs> yep, in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again we have all of this commotion and all of this interest and that three thousand dollar reward is coaxing people to get out on their boats townies crazy you know with dynamite and fucking like, <laughs> like it's funny it's pretty funny um but as this is happening we also get introduced to our third major character in the movie he's our marine biologist played by richard dreyfus goes by the name of hooper joe if you want to hit this clip for me we get our first taste of hooper Help me get those guys out of the boat, will you please? Share with me. Gentlemen, gentlemen, the officer asked me to tell you that you're overloading that boat. Oh, oh, God, 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 man. You ain't going, man. Okay. What do you care? Hold on, Well, now. then, can you tell me if there's a good restaurant or hotel on the island? Uh, you walk straight ahead. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to die. They were all a bunch of wise die. guys. I, you know, Spielberg specifically said that he wanted light humor in this. And, I mean, any good director, any thriller, action movie, whatever, there's always humor in there. As you guys know, big Cohen Brothers fan, they always throw humor in there. Yep. You just have to. And um, it, it's it's subtle in this movie, but it's it's definitely there. It's, an, it's, it's a, just a, enough of it to get pull you out of the terror a, yeah. and tension. Right. Just a little exactly. parsley on the plate. <laughs> Yeah. You say humor, I say New Englanders taking themselves seriously. Same difference. <laughs> right. Sometimes it actually is the same difference. But we're going to leave it there for part one of Jaws. Uh, will they all get killed? Probably. We'll find out. Join us again for part two coming up next. And, uh, you know, we'll dig into these three guys. Again, these are the origin stories of these three guys. We're going to figure out how they connect and what they do about this shark problem. Part two for Jaws. Thank you for listening. Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I called it first. I'm hosting Jeopardy. Are you, though? Listen, guys, we we need your help. Uh, To help keep the lights on, as they say, uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, You get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You can either be... A friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything picks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And all with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on, that's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie.